We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman. And today we are breaking down um, our the Big 12 in our conference previews. It is one of our favorite conferences to watch. Lots of points, very little defense, uh, and usually super duper uh, entertaining as well. Uh, before we get into it, uh, we do have a word from our sponsors over at Spotify Greenroom. Uh, Spotify Greenroom is a live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and use. You could talk to uh, me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. All you have to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app for free in the iOS or Android app store, create a profile, link to Twitter, and join your league. Um, so very easy to use, and uh, it'll be up and running for the upcoming season. TJ, the Big 12, it is, I think, the question that everybody is going to ask, and whether it's a joke or not, is Texas back? <laughs> right, right. I uh, Not yet, not yet. But I will say, uh, I do think that Steve Sarkeesian was a – uh, interesting, and I think ultimately will be a good hire. Now, the question for Texas is always going to be, what's good enough? Um, is, you know, is winning a Big 12 title once every four years and making the playoffs once every four years, is that good enough for Texas fans? Uh, I, I can't answer that, but, um, you know, I think that resources there are sky high. The money there is, you know, sky high, which, of course, leads to sky high expectations. I get that. I'm not, uh, not the type to tell other fan bases how they should feel uh, and how they should view, you know, their program. Um, Indiana fans, you know, we've been told what we should accept with Indiana football for, you know, forever. And we don't like that. Um, so I'm not going to be one to do it to Texas fans. Um, I just hope that Steve Sarkeesian is given, you know, adequate time to get things going there because I, I do think ultimately he could have Texas at a, a very good level. Again, don't know if their fans will consider that good enough. Um, but I do think ultimately he can be successful. And the Big 12, they don't need Texas to be great. Uh, but I think a legitimate challenger uh, for Oklahoma would be a really good thing for this conference as a whole. Yeah. Um, and to go back on Texas, you kind of look at some of these 
you call them blue blood programs and Texas is up there, but you look at Florida state, you look at Tennessee, you look at Michigan and you look at Texas and they're all kind of in the same, you know, in, in the same boat. They had highly successful coaches, got rid of them in one way yeah. or the other. Um, they brought in their guy. Uh, you know, Tom Herman was supposed to be the guy coming, um, you know, from from Houston um, to turn that program around. He clearly didn't do enough. Uh, they got rid of him. Uh, and now you kind of go off the radar. Uh, it, it was, I, I wouldn't say it was, you know, they, they went after Urban Meyer. Uh, they didn't get Urban Meyer. And, and so they went with Sark. And it was, yeah, it, we'll call, I'll call it under the radar or kind of unexpected uh, hiring there. But, you know, you look at Michigan did the same thing with Jim Harbaugh. He, he was the guy. Um, and so what do you do after you fire the guy? Uh, you hopefully hit a, hit a home run higher. Uh, you, you hope hope that, you know, you could tell the boosters who are kind of pulling the string fine. Hey, we went with your guy before and it was a disaster. You know, I, Herman wasn't a disaster, but it didn't work out. Um, so f- figure that one out. Um, it, it, it's I think it's a two team race this year. And it comes down to Oklahoma and Iowa State. Um, those are the two best teams in the conference. I don't agree with Heather Dinich of ESPN, who said, "Hey, Big Twelve could get two teams in." I, I just I don't see it, just because of the nature of their championship game. Um, they do a round robin. The top two teams play again uh, in the national champion or in the Big Twelve championship game. That basically means a team is Oklahoma or or Iowa state is either going to be undefeated, lose a game or lose two games. And I don't think two, one loss big 12 teams are getting in. And I don't think a two loss big 12 team is getting in. Um, So it's, I think it's a little far fetched that, that they get two teams in Um, not bad divisions, and Oklahoma and Iowa State only played once. Yeah, two teams could get in. Uh, Oklahoma's the favorite here. They have Spencer Rattler coming back after a slow start last season uh, with interceptions. He, you know, got better. Um, he was really good in the spring as well. Uh, and we we know what Lincoln Riley does with quarterbacks in Norman. Um you know, they're, they're usually in the Heisman race, if not in, in the uh, in the finalist room. Iowa State also has to go to to Oklahoma uh, as well. And that game comes near the end of the season. So theoretically, they could be playing twice in three weeks. So they play November 20th. They could play again that first um, championship week in, in December. So they're, they're going to be very familiar with themselves, uh, with each other by the end of that. But, you know, Iowa State, they also have to play. They get Iowa at home. That, that's a series that Iowa State, for whatever reason, whenever they're good, they still struggle. Uh, and, and the Cyhawk game didn't happen last year. Uh, so it, it's going to be it's going to be a game that each team has circled, which actually could benefit IU as well. 
because um, they play right after the IU game. But, you know, they at Baylor, they get Kansas at home, at Kansas State, you know, they get Texas at home, and then, you know, they end the year at Texas Tech, at Oklahoma, and TCU. So, you know, they, they bring back Brock Purdy, they bring back Brees Hall, uh, and, and a whole – basically everybody that they needed to come back came back and, and they're going to be a very strong team. But again, it's Iowa state. Can they live with the expectations of, Hey, you're supposed to win, you know, win the big 12 possibly get into the college football playoff. What's your take on Iowa state? I, I think that they are a, a legitimate contender for this conference title. Um, I do think that if this year's Iowa State team got to play last year's Oklahoma team, I would probably, you know, be taking Iowa State, uh, given the question marks that last year's Oklahoma team had. I think that this year's Oklahoma, with another year under Alex Grinch at defensive coordinator, uh, he is really doing a, a good job of making that defense uh, good enough, you know, instead of being a complete sieve, uh, they are capable of, of, you know, getting stops and shutting, you know, bad offenses down. Um, I, I think that Spencer, Spencer Rattler uh, really came into his own the second half of last season. For me, he's a very legit Heisman contender. Uh, I, I think he's got immense talent. And then they brought in Eric Gray, uh, transfer from Tennessee, a running back. I think he's going to have a huge year as well. Kennedy Brooks is back at running back also. Um, Oklahoma, you know, uses their running backs in pretty unique ways. And, you know, they're not just, you know, throw the ball 70 times. It's, you know, they do rely on their running backs, both as receivers out of the backfield and as, as runners that, get big lanes because of a good offensive line and because you have to respect that passing attack. So I, I think the offense is going to be improved. I think the defense is going to be improved. Um, and again, I think Iowa state will be better than they were a season ago because everybody is coming back, but I, I like Oklahoma to win their seventh straight big 12 title. And honestly, until someone beats them, I think you have to take the Sooners to get it done again. Uh, but I, I do like Iowa State. I think that um, it's it's the type of thing that it was good to see Matt Campbell not really seriously consider any other positions. Uh, I, I like it when guys build stuff and opt to stay there instead of taking that first chance they can to jump to a, quote, bigger job. Um, I think it'd be really cool to see Matt Campbell there for a long time just like it'd be cool to see Tom Allen in Indiana for a long time, uh, hopefully, you know, making their programs into consistent, uh, you know, top 20 schools to, as opposed to Matt Campbell has one or two hot years at, at Iowa State and jumps to, you know, job X when it comes available. Um, but this year, I will still take Oklahoma to knock off the Cyclones. I do think they beat them twice, once at home, once in the Big 12 title game. And that likely, I agree with you, that likely relegates the Cyclones to uh, 
a New Year's Six Bowl, but not a playoff berth. Um, you know, I, I don't think that they're – the only way I could see them potentially getting in with, with two losses, both to Oklahoma, Oklahoma would have to be undefeated and the number one team in the country or something like that. Iowa State would have the two losses to them, but they need to be competitive. And then you would have to have Iowa State beating one or two other teams that have really great seasons, and they just don't have that on their schedule. The only opportunity that they could develop is if they knock off Iowa in impressive fashion, and then the Hawkeyes you know, beat Indiana, win the Big Ten West, maybe go something like 11-1 or something like that, uh, and then Iowa State would be able to you know, point to two losses to a title contender like Oklahoma in competitive fashion, plus an impressive win over, you know, say Oklahoma State, Texas, and beating Iowa as well. Uh, but I agree with you. That's pretty far-fetched. So I think it probably relegates them to a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah. And moving on to, to the rest of the, the Big 12, uh, some interesting games, uh, too. We were talking about this last night uh, uh, via text. Oklahoma opens at Tulane. That's just a weird game. We talk about uh, Power 5 schools going to group of five schools, uh, but they're going down into down into the south. It, it, it could be a, a nice recruiting trip for them, um, but it's also a tricky, you know, a tricky game. Anytime you play a, an option team, uh, it's tricky. Sure. You also bring back the the old rivalry between Oklahoma and Nebraska. Um, and, I mean, they're complaining that that game's at noon. Uh, you know, so, you know, we'll see. And then you bring back uh, a, a rivalry game with uh, West Virginia at Maryland uh, as well. Uh, are, are there any other teams you could, com- you know, compete with Iowa State and um, – in Oklahoma, who's your surprise team uh, in the Big 12? I went with TCU. Um, I I like Gary Patterson. Um, I, I do think, you know, he's not elevated TCU to quite the level that it seemed like they might be on the trajectory for um, after Andy Dalton left. However, uh, I still think it's a really good program. Um, and I, I think that their schedule sets up pretty nicely. They do have to go to Oklahoma, um, and they have a potentially tricky game against an improving SMU program. But, you know, they get those 50-50 games largely at home. Uh, West Virginia, Baylor, um, what's the other one? Texas, all at home. You know, at Oklahoma, at Iowa State, I don't think they'd be winning those ones anyway. Uh, but avoiding a long trip to West Virginia, uh, getting Texas at home, those are perks. Um, I, I can see eight, maybe nine wins for TCU this coming season. I think Max Duggan is due if he can stay healthy, uh, finally put together a breakthrough season. Uh, I think that their their wide receiver core is, is a pretty good one, and, and it is improving. The, the skill player positions are improving for them. The defense, you know, you know it's going to be pretty solid with Patterson. Uh, they do have some holes to fill, but I think the defense is going to be solid enough 
and the offense will be better than TCU typically has. Um, so I, I have taken TCU as that surprise team. Uh, I've got them finishing third in the Big 12. Yeah, that was my surprise team as well. Uh, again, it's a quarterback sport, um, just like uh, we said in our ACC preview. And Max right. Duggan uh, is a veteran guy. He's been very good. Uh, the offensive line should be better. The run game should be a little bit better. He has the, the weapons at wide receiver, and the defense should be much improved. Uh, they do get California at home as well. Um in the in the non-conference you know they should start September off they should be 4-0 with Texas coming in on October 2nd and you win that game you're in business uh you go to Texas Tech at Oklahoma I mean it, it's the schedule lines up for you know you could legitimately go 10 and 2 9 and 3 uh and, and find yourself maybe sneaking into a new year six bowl or at least a very high level bowl um you know after a couple of, uh, of down years at tcu who is your disappointing team tj are you there that was my fault i was on mute that's okay. Uh, I've, got, uh, I've got Oklahoma State as my disappointing team. And I, you know, I have year after year invested money in picking them, uh, you know, their win total over. And I've picked them as a surprise team and a, even some years a Big 12 champion. Um, and it just doesn't quite come together for the Cowboys. Uh, I, I think that. Coach Gundy is a really good coach. I think he's a good character for college football. Um, and, you know, despite some kind of disagreements, if you will, with the Oklahoma State administration, he continues to uh, to stay there and um, I think has built a really good program. But uh, if I'm expecting an uptick from TCU, then – I also think Iowa State and Oklahoma will be really good, then somebody has to disappoint, uh, and that ends up being Oklahoma State. Now, one of my main reasons for picking that, the offense has not been quite what it was uh, here in the past couple of years. They have had a bit of a regression on the offensive side of the ball. Last year was one of their worst offensive seasons uh, that they've had in quite a while. I know that they are expecting – uh, a backup, uh, you know, a tick back up there. Um, Spencer Sanders getting hurt early on and then a couple of offensive linemen going down at the start of the year. Uh, that certainly hurts quite a bit. But, you know, I see Chuba Hubbard gone. Um, and I, I, I just think that there's enough chinks in the armor on the offensive side of the ball that it takes them back a step and I don't expect their defense to make that up. Um, add in that Iowa State continues to get better. Oklahoma continues to get better. And I think the TCU's offense is going to get a little better as well. Uh, and I, I do see a step back for the Cowboys. Uh, I don't think they'll be bad by any stretch of the imagination. But, um, you know, it's a, a fairly difficult schedule. They have Boise State. And the third week of the season, that'll be really tricky. That's a road game for them. Um, kudos to them for playing that game. I, I don't 
think it's particularly smart, uh, but, you know, that'll be a, a fun game to watch for sure. They have to go to Texas, to Iowa State, um, and to West Virginia as well. And then, of course, Oklahoma uh, at home in the last game of the season. So um, I, I think that maybe a step back to a 7-5, and 8-4 and four is kind of on the cards or in the cards for the Cowboys. Uh, I do think Mike Gundy, you know, certainly not on the hot seat, certainly somebody that I expect to be there for a long time. If he was going to bolt for another job, I think that would have already happened. Um, I, I just, it'll be interesting to see if they can get back up to challenging Oklahoma for that conference title like they did for a few years before Texas rises to do so. Yeah, I, I debated a lot on my most disappointing team. I tried not to pick Kansas because, like we said, they don't have any expectations. Uh, they're bringing in Lance Leopold uh, from Buffalo, who's a fantastic coach, but it's a total – he came in a day before their yeah, good spring hire. game. Hire. Great I, hire. Yep, I want to chip in and just get that on record. Uh, if – if somebody can get Kansas to be competent, I think that Lance Leopold is the guy. I agree with you. The timing right now for this coming season, that it's probably not going to happen. Um, but for the next three to four-year project, uh, if it's going to work, that was a hire that can get it to work. Yeah. And, yeah, he was hired, like, one day before – their spring game because Les Miles and Jeff Long were fired because of Miles' actions over at LSU, and they kind of swept it under the rug, uh, and it was just a total mess. But Lance Leopold, he's a no-nonsense guy. Uh, he turned Buffalo into um, contenders in the MAC uh, year after year. He had some some really good players. He's uh, you know he I think his team was top ten in the rushing uh, last year and. That's Kansas' strength this year is going to be their running game and things like that. But uh, it's probably a year zero um, for Kansas. And that's why they're, they're not on my most disappointing list. But I'm going to stay in the state of Kansas, and I'm going to go with Kansas State. Um, their expectations aren't that high either. I just – yeah, but they're always good to knock off somebody. Uh, they went four and six last year, and I think the expectation is take the, ne uh, the next step. Um, they do get they, – they open up with a neutral site game against Stanford. Stanford isn't great. Um, they play a tough FCS team in Southern Illinois. Uh, IU fans know exactly how tough Southern Illinois is after – uh, losing them in 2006 and needing a pass breakup to win by one on a two-point conversion uh, in 2015, which is a game that that changed the history of IU football. Um, if Indiana loses that game, Kevin Wilson's probably out. Um, they also play Nevada. Uh, they get Oklahoma at home. They get Oklahoma and Iowa State at home, not back-to-back -back weeks, but in back-to-back -back games. They have a, a bye week in between both of those games, uh, and then they end the year at Texas, um, which is kind of weird. Um, 
I figured that they would play the Apple Cup at the end of the year, but or not the Apple Cup, the uh, whatever they play for. Um, but they play Kansas in November sixth. I I just don't see them having having the talent that you know developed talent that they have yet. They're still young. Um, you know that they have a, a Skylar Thompson's a good quarterback. He's a senior, but Deuce Vaughn's still a freshman. Um, they're littered with sophomores and redshirt freshmen on offense. Their defense is, you know, probably a sophomore junior defense as well. I just think they're a year off, but you know, expectations for Kansas State are always to to be a bowl team now, um, and things like that. So they're, I think they're going to be my most disappointing team. Uh, let's finish up with Texas Tech and. Texas Tech, Baylor, and West Virginia. Uh, let's start with Texas Tech. This is another team that I had on my, you know, most disappointing list. I, I they, they were four and six last year again. There they took Texas to overtime uh, last year, but blew. I think it was like a fourteen point lead with like three and a half minutes to go. Their defense was awful. Um. And their offense just fell off by the end of the year. Outside of the game against Oklahoma State, um, they beat Kansas by three. They beat Baylor by one. They had a uh, seven-point win over West Virginia. They beat Houston Baptist by one. Like they might, they, they were lucky to to come out of four and six. And I think, it, you know, with with Matt Wells there entering his third year. It might be a do or die season for him. Uh, I think they need to go to a bowl game uh, for him to get a vote of confidence, but they play Houston uh, to open up. They also get FIU and Stephen F. Austin at home, but then you have back-to-back trips to Texas and West Virginia. You have to go to Can uh, Oklahoma and you end the season at Baylor and you get Iowa state um, after a bye week after Oklahoma. So it's it's a tough schedule. I just don't think they have they don't have the talent right now, to, at least on defense, to compete. Um, mainly, they got lucky last year to win four games. It could be another you know four or five win season for them. Yeah, I would agree with that. And Matt Wells, uh, apparently, you know, people were not thrilled with how things were going even after the first year. Um, I, I think that it's quite a transition when you go from, you know, uh, a air raid offense to, you know, more of a, not traditional by any means, but a little bit slower paced. And, you know, if that doesn't go well at first, uh, I imagine fans are sitting around saying, well, I mean, at least we were fun before, you know, we didn't win all the time, but at least we were fun. And I think that um, he will certainly need to exceed expectations this season um, for them to keep him around for another year. I think uh, it, that's a it's a tough job. So I'm not sure exactly what realistic expectations are there. But um, it's a it's yeah. a passionate fan base, and I think yeah, you know, you had something going with Mike Leach. They got rid of him uh, due to some off-the-field issues. Right. Um, you had Cliff Kingsbury as well. They weren't 
happy with the progress he was making. It's, you know, it's one of those, be careful what you wish for. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. And I think those years under Leach where they, you know, they got up to, you know, either one or two in the country um, and then fell off. That can't be the expectation, especially with Texas A&M in the ACC or in the SEC. Um, Texas TCU is playing well. You're, you're probably the fourth best. At best, you're the fourth best team in Texas. Um, and yep. that's not including if Houston's rolling, you're, you're probably behind them. And, you know, if SMU ever gets it going, you, you might, you have, you're in danger of falling behind SMU as well. So it's a yeah. tough job yeah. and expect if your expectations are, Hey, we, we got to compete with Oklahoma and Texas. It, you know, it's kind of like asking IU, you got to beat Ohio state every, you know, other year, which is totally right. unrealistic. Uh, yeah. Finally, they did West bring per- Sonny Cumbie, Sonny Cumbie back uh, from TCU. Um, he played there under Mike Leach and, and coached some under Mike Leach. Brought him back as the offensive coordinator to, you know, that kind of tells you where things are at with Matt Wells. He needed to needed to bring in a Texas Tech guy, an air raid guy, um, to to kind of help what he hopes is revitalize the offense and. Either that works and you see progression or it doesn't and there's no moves left for Wells to make. So uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to see this year. I certainly think he's somebody to watch on the hot seat. Yep. It brings us to West Virginia, our second to last team in the Big 12. I had West Virginia. They were in my discussion for surprise team as well. And again, it comes down to the quarterback. Um, Jared Doge is coming back. He threw for 14 touchdowns, four interceptions, uh, just over 2,500 yards. Um, he's got, you know, four out of his top five receivers coming back. Uh, Laddie Brown, uh, who was a thousand yard rusher with nine touchdowns last year is back. Uh, the reason I went with TCU was the defense. Um, yep. You know, West Virginia did go six and four last year. It's Neil Brown's third year. I think he's on the up and up. Um, you saw them beat IU out for uh, Jacoby Spell, so their recruiting's getting mm-hmm. better. Uh, it's the secondary. If your secondary is not experienced and not talented in the Big 12, you're going to get hammered. Um, and I think you got some freshmen up front um, on the defensive line. And then now your secondary is seniors and juniors. And we've all seen um, what that what that does. And we've seen it at IU as those growing pains happen it's, as freshmen and sophomore, sophomores, the improvement happens and, and you get a year like you had at IU last year. Now, um, West Virginia is going to kind of hope that that happens as well. Uh, do they compete for the big 12 title no but i think they they go solidly solidly to a bowl game um they do have a a kind of a a tough non-conference schedule they do play two power five schools in uh, maryland and virginia tech they have to go to maryland um and then they have to go to oklahoma at kansas state at kansas it's not the worst road schedule and at tcu um, and their bye week comes right in the middle of the year, which, you know, is always nice. But if they, if they could beat Maryland 
and Virginia Tech. They'll go three and zero in non-conference. Uh, you, they'll beat Baylor. They'll beat Texas Tech. Um, they'll beat Kansas. That's six wins right there with a chance for eight against Kansas State and Oklahoma State uh, in a in a home game at Texas. I think the ceiling's probably eight or nine wins. Uh, the floor is probably five or six. So it, it should be a solid year. Uh, in Morgantown, uh, it, it's a good football school. They're always, I know West Virginia, based on, you know, that those late 90s, early 2000 teams with speed um, and offensive uh, firepower. So they should be getting back to those roots um, soon. What, what's your take on West Virginia? Um, you know, the lack of an explosive offense, at least last year, combined with losing five you know, really good defenders, uh, mainly linebacker Tony Fields and then the safety Tyke Smith. Uh, I I think that that is going to hamper them being able to take a step up. Uh, I think six or seven wins is a reasonable hope. Um, I don't see a whole lot more than that. Um, now, you know, major step forward in the quarterback play obviously would change things for this team. Um, for me, they are missing that, that key guy at quarterback, but, um, I, I do think Neil Brown has things moving in the right direction. Uh, and it's clear that, you know, he's doing a pretty good job recruiting with this particular class that he's got building right now. Uh, Indiana and West Virginia have battled for a few players this class. Uh, so I think that they are a program that sees themselves on the rise, uh, for this year though, I think six or seven is probably the ceiling. Yeah, um, and that brings us to Baylor, and Baylor was also in the discussion for most disappointing, um, yeah. but I don't think – they went 2-7 and seven last year in Dave Aranda's first year. They are breaking in a new quarterback after Charlie Brewer left to go to Utah, uh, which is tough. Um, I just don't see them getting much better. No, I I don't either. Uh, It's, you know, two and seven last season. uh, A lot of that can be chalked up to a really tough offseason to have an entirely new staff. They've got some good wide receivers, uh, but I, I, without any type of proven quarterback, it's really difficult to see this team succeeding in this conference. I don't think Baylor is going to be necessarily terrible, uh, but I'm not sure what you're turning to as kind of, you know, a a consistent backbone for your team. I know they're wanting to build it on on defense, and that that might be what we see. But if you can't score points in the Big 12, you're going to be really hard-pressed to win very many games. Um, And I, I think that's kind of the issue we'll see with Baylor this year if they find a quarterback, you know, much like West Virginia, if they find a consistent quarterback, that changes the equation for them. But until we see it, it's a hard thing to expect it. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, they, they blew Kansas out last year. And then their only other win last year was a one-point win over Kansas State. Um, so how much improvement? I, you know, Dave Arant, Matt Rule had that, program going. Dave Aranda was the obvious choice. 
to be a head coach. He was a hot defensive coordinator at LSU. Uh, but those defenses at LSU weren't, you know, world beaters. Uh, it was probably the weakness of that national championship game, uh, national championship team. Uh, they, their non-conference schedule is they should go two and one. They do get BYU at home, uh, but they play at Texas State, Texas Southern at home, uh, and get Kansas at Kansas to start the year. Uh, the back end of the schedule is a little bit tougher, a lot tougher. You get Texas at TCU, Oklahoma at home, at Kansas State, Texas Tech. So they could start the year off strong and then fade towards the end. It's just they, they better hope that um, Jerry Bohannon, uh, who's a sophomore, uh, gets uh, gets right quick or if they find somebody behind him as well because Charlie Brewer did it, did a lot for that team. And even in, in the years that Baylor went to the Big 12 title game and then again in the Sugar Bowl, when you saw Charlie Brewer go down, there was nobody behind him. And that team, mm -hmm. it absolutely changed the game. All yep. right. That... I, Charlie Brewer's going to be a, a tough one, and he will come up in our uh, Pac-12 preview, I think. Yes, he so... will with Utah. Yep. Our old friends over yep. in Salt Lake City. Uh, anyway, that yep. does it for our Big 12 preview. Uh, we will uh, be back ne next week with our Pac-12 preview as well. Uh, thank you for joining us. You can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. I find our Facebook page as well. We are starting to sell our – we have our pre-sale going for Hoosier Huddle, Huddle year. Uh, it goes up until – August 18th, the gear is guaranteed to get to you by September 4th, so you'll have it in in time for kickoff. Also, a final word from our friends over at Kansas City Steaks. Uh, Kansas City Steak Company wants to make this year your best grilling season ever. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com and get 15% off your order and free shipping with the code SD at checkout. Uh, you can get classic steak cuts to U, uh, to USDA Prime, to hard-to-find specialty cuts, and more. Again, go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get 15% off your order. And free shipping with code SD at checkout. That's KansasCitySteaks.com, code SD. Uh, that does it for today's show. Thank you for joining us, uh, and we'll see you when we talk to Pac-12. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. <laughs> 